Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you today? Doing well. Doing well. Lots of stuff going on. We have a few problems to deal with. The world is not at peace and prosperity yet. No. So I guess uh, our work will be cut off for, for a, a little while yet. But anti-war uh, summarized uh, a statement made by Seymour Hersh, which <laughs> caught my attention, and I imagine your attention as well, because uh, most likely uh, what Seymour Hersh talks about and reports and, and relates to us, we can have pretty strong dependency that he's leveling with us and he has uh, done a little bit of research on uh, what he has told us. <clears throat> but he has a bomb, uh, b- b- bombshell. Bomb, bombshell. <laughs> this, yeah. the, CIA, he, the CIA knows, <laughs> do they? Knows Ukrainian officials are skimming the USAID. I would say round up the usual suspects. Yeah, yeah. I wonder who would do that. Would they be people just from Ukraine and leadership? And it turns out that uh, it sort of looks like that. And there's a little bit of debate going on among the uh, the administration and the CIA, which is healthy because the more division they have there, the better. But ultimately, there's somebody in the deep state that we're trying to root out, and Hirsch has been very helpful to that. And, uh, but he, he uh, issued a report and, uh, on Substack, Substack and, uh, and this is what, what uh, the anti-war people reported from. Yeah, it's a blockbuster uh, new piece from Hirsch. And put this up, if you can, this first clip, because it's called Trading with the Enemy. And this is fascinating because, once again, while Americans are told, oh, we're in a war for democracy, in reality, this is a war to enrich corrupt Ukrainian oligarchs and probably a few people in the U.S. Essentially what he's saying in this piece, there are a number of schemes and scams going on. He outlines just one of them. And if we can go to the next one, uh, is the um, so he talks about how the Ukrainian president and many in his entourage have been skimming untold millions from the American dollars earmarked for diesel fuel payments. So this is just one of the scams. So basically, I'll just summarize what what Hirsch has found out. So the Ukrainians are buying cheap diesel, including from Russia, the enemy, hence the title, trading with the enemy. So they're actually getting Russian oligarchs richer too. They're buying discounted diesel and then they're marking it up over and over and over. They're selling it for like $400 a gallon to the Ukrainian army, and they're skimming off the profits. And as Hirsch writes here, the CIA puts the embezzlement of funds at $400 million last year. So Zelensky and his top entourage, the oligarchs, have pocketed $400 million of our tax dollars just on the diesel scam alone. So you can imagine every other thing they're buying. I mean, this makes this puts Biden to shame. Ten percent for the big guy. No, they want fifty percent for the big guy, uh, and it's just incredible. If we can put this next one up, another thing from the article, he says Zelensky's been buying discount fuel from the Russians. Who's paying for the gas and oil? We are. And this is what a knowledgeable American intelligence officer told Seymour Hersh. Uh, it's it's absolutely incredible, and I think it's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, they they have a job on their hands right now. 
because when things come out into the open, things like this, they always have somebody to blame, and it's usually, his, his name is usually uh, Trump. Yeah, you know, yeah, they'll have to have a stretch. But this doesn't. Uh, <laughs> this doesn't look like it. Uh, Trump is involved, even though he's been involved in in uh, policies that we don't exactly like at times. But <clears throat> and uh, it's it's actually bewildering. And then you see this stuff, and then you see the pompous supporters of Kiev. They, they go out and celebrate this yeah. great, great thing. Democracy. Well, you know, democracy is here, national security interests. Then <clears throat> I've been over there, and, and they really need our help. <clears throat> yeah. And we have to win this war. And they, do, do, you, do you think they know about this? They didn't read this. One thing for sure, if they did, they don't give a darn. Yeah, they don't <laughs> care. And also, they're beating up all the, uh, the churches over there. They're beating up the priests. I was seeing some videos. And people say, oh, well, you're just saying this because you love Russia. You're on Russian side. No, we're saying this because we're not super happy about $150 billion of our dollars going over to a corrupt country. Well, here's the second part of what Hirsch said. There were basically three parts <coughs> to his report. <coughs> now, the second part is equally interesting because I think it has broader implications. You know, you can just be corrupt and be, get rich stealing money. That's one thing. But this is another part that he says, many government ministries in Kiev have been literally competing, Hirsch was told, to set up front companies for export contracts for weapons and ammunition with private arms dealers around the world, all of which provide kickbacks. Some of these are, now these are the most aggressively pro-war countries on this, which is Poland and Czech Republic. They're putting up all of these front companies, all of these weapons that the Europeans and Americans are sending over are basically being siphoned off to private arms dealers and sold around the world. So you talk about we have a problem with terrorism now. We have a problem with instability. Imagine what it's going to be like when these billions of dollars worth of weapons are just flooding the in entire market, you know, world market. You know, <coughs> this reminds me of some that would want to have a precise definition of capitalism. Instead of saying capitalism and socialism and go back and forth, uh, there's some that like to use the term state capitalism versus free market capitalism. State capitalism means they don't give up on it. It means they get their stuff first and they use the capital. And of course, it's, a, it's the same principle. It's a tyrannical situation, but in a way it's a capitalism. And yeah, these guys are maneuvering. You said they're competing for yeah. Yeah, these contracts yeah. and all, and then uh, it's 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 international, and uh, then they throw in a few words. You always have to be on the side of patriotism and American greatness and our responsibilities that we have. Uh, we have been placed in this uh, very special position that we have a responsibility to bring about peace and prosperity to the world, and all that stuff. It, it sort of gets at times nauseating. Yeah, it does for sure. Well, the, the thing is, if we can put that next one up, you know, from Hershey. The other thing is that things got so bad, put up that next one, things got so bad that William Burns, the head of the CIA, he had to go over to Ukraine in January saying, hey, cool it, Zelensky, you are stealing too much. Here's what, um, here's what he said. Um, the issue of corruption was raised directly with Zelensky in a meeting in January when CIA Director William Burns went, his message to the president was basically, cool it. Uh, it was one of, out of a 1950s mob movie. The senior generals and government officials in Kiev were angry at what they saw as Zelensky's greed. So Burns told the Ukrainian president, 
because he was taking a larger share of the skim money than was going to the generals. So, in other words, Burns came over and said, look, your generals are mad because you're even more corrupt than they are. You're taking way too much of the money. Please, can you tone it down a little bit? Yeah, just accept it. This is state capitalism. Yeah. The, the state, and then who is the state? Well, they fight over it too. That's fortunate for us. But too often, the deep state become monolithic and, and they have total control of the capitalism that they work with. But then there's, there's a natural tendency for the bad guys to have a little competition, and that's why you occasionally get some overthrows of government. Yeah, but yeah. but it, is, it is corrupt. And who suffers from all this? The people who are gullible enough to believe the, the talk of the politicians say, this is crucial, this is, what, this is, this is the most crucial thing uh, ever, you know, and we have to prevent World War through World War through at the same time everything they do seems to be provoking and trying to stir up trouble because yeah. you gotta you got to keep the capitalism going we, we have to get hold of the oil who owns <laughs> this oil and uh, that uh, that is uh, that is uh, their their effort they, they keep it going and it's their special interest and rarely do they want to turn it around and talk about how does this affect the American citizen naive or not or whatever the person they they trust it's too much too much trust is put into the government and they'll be taken care of and uh, they'll get lied to and uh, this goes on because I'm afraid uh, even this article is not going to get enough attention to wake some people up and say because you know the Republican Party though we've complimented the few breakaways the few, yeah, now we yeah. like that and maybe this will help except that if the few senators have been over there. They come back. Boy, we really need this money for yeah. them. They're in well, we trouble. They, they, uh, they could, uh, you, you know, lose this war if we're not careful. Yeah. <laughs> if they stop skimming. Well, the, the third part about the Hirsch article that's equally fascinating for a number of reasons is this huge disconnect that's coming out now, according to his sources. But you don't really need secret sources to see it. This huge disconnect between the ideologues in the State Department and the National Security Council and the people in the Pentagon and the CIA who are pushing back against this. And this, this last one, the first one was from Hirsch's, the first few clips were from Hirsch's piece. This is from an antiwar.com write-up. If we can put that next one up. Now this is interesting because uh, this is uh, what Hirsch is writing. The intelligence official speaking to Hirsch criticized President Biden's two main foreign policy advisors, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. Quote, and this is a quote from the intelligence source for her. She said, quote, they have no experience, judgment, and moral integrity. They just tell lies, make up stories. Diplomatic deniability is something else, the official said. The official said there was, quote, a total breakdown between the White House leadership and the intelligence community. And when I read that, the first thing that I thought, Dr. Paul, was that explains the leaks. That's what's happening. The intel community is pushing back, saying, look, these guys are taking us down a path that is horrendous. It's going nowhere. We're going to get this out there, at least so the American people will know. I think that's a plausible explanation for the reason for leaking these hundreds of documents. Well, it, it shows a failure in our system. You know, we were supposed to be protected against these bad guys getting in. Uh, there, there had to be a vote in the Senate to approve these people that have so much power, and they have to be screened. But uh, it's, it's always a contest. Whose gang are you going to join? Yeah. It's, it's sort of like a prison gang or a school 
old gang, you know, you'll be with us, you'll be, you know, which, which group are you going to join? And you describe it very well, yeah. that there is competition. And that, you know, it's a heck of a way to look for a positive, but you know, a little bit of competition might keep them on their toes because it's not a competition between tyranny and liberty. I'd like to narrow the, the battle that's going on. Just are you, are you supporting individual liberty for, the, for, for all people equally, or are you gonna join some gang that's promising you more stuff? And uh, unfortunately, the promise of more stuff seems to influence our system because when you look at it, the lobbyists in Washington, I have to admit, before I went to Washington, I had an idea about welfare. And the, the welfare system was the whole problem. People won't work and you have to give them food stamps and they're not anxious to go back. And every once in a while, you can spot that. It probably still happens, especially since a, a COVID has occurred. But uh, they, they uh, now they, uh, they just go, go, go on and do the same thing over and over again. And, uh, but when I got to Congress, I found out that you have to broaden the definition of welfareism. And we talk about, uh, you know, welfare for the poor, welfare for the rich, yeah. and, and welfare for the criminals. <laughs> What's a little frustrating about this whole thing, Dr. Paul, is how gullible and propagandized Americans are, you know? Some guy comes out and says, put on a mask and take a shot. Okay, we'll do that. <laughs> and some guy comes out and says, we're fighting for democracy in Ukraine. Okay, let's do that. You know, there, there's sort of a lack of this sort of critical view of what they're being told. And, I mean, it is frustrating, and I hope, you know, we can somehow break through. But our second story is a related story, and it's kind of the, if you put that up, this is from the Libertarian Institute. Um, so Senator Manchin and a couple of other senators went over to Ukraine. No big news story there. Mm -hmm. They went over with this dopey country singer. I don't know what his name is. Um, so they went over there. The thing that struck me about this photo, Dr. Paul, I don't know, maybe I'm just imagining things. But here's, here's Senator Manchin. Do -do 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 -do. I'm going to go support democracy in Ukraine. He goes there and brings a West Virginia baseball hat. He's got a dopiest look on his face. But look at, the, I don't know if we can even zoom in, but look at the look on Zelensky's face. You can tell he's disgusted and repulsed. I've got to hang around with this goat roper from the backwoods, giving me baseball hats. Just give me money. I need more money. <laughs> you know. So I, 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 the picture sometimes does give a thousand words. But the other thing that came out, and this is what Libertarian Institute was focusing on more than just the dopey look on Manchin's face, is that Manchin said in Ukraine, quote, after this visit, I'm even more convinced that defeating Vladimir Putin and ending the war, et cetera, et cetera. So he said it out loud in Ukraine that we are at war to defeat, i.e. overthrow Vladimir Putin. That is, again, a declaration of war against Russia. Can you imagine if the shoe were on the other foot and Putin went to Mexico saying to defeat Joe Biden and get him out of the White House is our goal together? <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, Manchin organized this, and it was a political stunt in many ways, because my first the comment was, well, is that means he's nuzzling up a little bit with Republicans. Which Republicans? <laughs> well, the Republicans, the, most of the leadership was very much uh, on the side of more money yeah. <laughs> to Kiev. <clears throat> so uh, he, he's, he uh, may have these thoughts, or he, he's maneuvering who's going to figure out. I guess in time we'll know. But Murkowski was with this, oh, yeah. Murkowski, and, uh, and she, she, was, she had got a lot of benefit from this. She came back, you know, really so, souped up. I mean, this was wonderful. <laughs> she, she claimed the visit inspired her to vote to send 
more military aid to Ukraine. <laughs> the senator explained, as I return home, I'm more thankful than ever for the blessings of American democracy <laughs> and more committed than ever to ensure that Congress provides the assistance that Ukraine needs. <laughs> now that, it, it, you know, this must serve her interest. She's she, she independent minded, but, yeah. and, and she, and she gets support, but it's just such a tragedy, you know. This is the type of stuff that uh, the people respond to. Uh, so, but uh, she's able to bring up this patriotic zeal, and if uh, it, it's sort of like the military, you can't say anything against the military. You can't say anything about foreign policy, or you'll be considered. Uh, you need to be canceled. You, yeah. you don't need to have any ability to get your message out. It reminds me of a question that Tim Poole put to you when we were on the show the other night. And they, I forget the exact context, but he said, well, Dr. Paul, are they evil or stupid? And you said, yes. <laughs> so that reminds me. Short answer. Yeah. It's not to pick on Murkowski because she's just a symptom of what's wrong in Washington. Now, she should know that this money is getting scammed, that the, the corruption in Ukraine is absolutely legendary. But she should have known all of this stuff. But she still goes over there and says, well, I'm inspired to steal more of your money, middle America, and send it into this black hole and send it into Zelensky's pocket, send it into his general's pocket. I feel even more inspired to rob you after I've been here. It really is uh, pretty disgusting, Dr. Paul. Uh, we, you know, the other senator went, Senator Kelly. Oh, yeah. And um, he, he has, he's not exactly the libertarian on uh, non-intervention. <laughs> yeah. But he's well known and he's been able to, at one time, uh, Arizona used to be a little more conservative than it is now. But he had a statement, it, and uh, I, I want to read it because it's a little bit similar to what we, I just read <laughs> from Murkowski. You must have to take a test yeah. before you go. In his, in his statement, Kelly echoed both of his colleagues, for the sake of democracy, freedom, and our national security interests. He continued, we must do more when I return to the Senate, I'll continue working with my colleagues to get the money we need. <laughs> so it's, uh, it, you know, it reminds me of the news media. You know, it used to be three channels. Yeah. And I'd flip three channels. Same words. Same words. So here, here it is. You send over two for propaganda person. It's really the same words. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kelly's, is, you know, still a pretty robust guy. What they really need is men over there to fight. If he wants to help Ukraine, there might be other ways oh. of helping them out. <laughs> well, I do want to take a little bit of a break and thank our sponsor for this month, American Financing. Uh, it's a great company to have on board, and we're grateful that they're helping us put this show together. Uh, they've been endorsed by the big broadcasters, Sean Hannity, Glenn Beck, Rush Limbaugh. They're financed in, uh, they're in 50 states. They're licensed in 50 states. Uh, they've helped thousands of people with their mortgage problems. It's a mortgage lender. They've been in business for 20 years. They know what they're doing. Check out their Google reviews. They're outstanding reviews. Their employees are based on salary, not on commission. So they have all the incentive in the world to put you in the kind of loan, the kind of second loan, the kind of refinancing that you need. The job that they have is to save you money, and they do that all the time. You can even come out of it debt-free. They're salary-based mortgage consultants. Give them a call today. Get started on the road to your financial freedom. Tell them the Ron Paul Liberty Report sent you. You can give them a call at 888-976-5555. That's 888-976-5555. And there is a link in the description of this show to tell you how you can get in touch with the folks at 
American Financial. Now let's move on to the other one. Peace is breaking out. You wrote about this this week in your uh, column. And the, guess what? The D.C. think tanks are not happy about peace at all. Seething. Seething. Seething with anger comes from zero heads as Saudis welcome Syrian foreign minister. That sounds like they should be able to talk. Sounds like good news, They, they, right? they were probably not even carrying guns. Yeah. They, they, just, they could just carry uh, a check, you yeah. know, a blank check. Yeah. What, do you, what do you guys need? Should be good news. So... Uh, you know, th th this is interesting because I would think uh, the person most upset about this would be Obama. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, this is That's Obama's right. war. That's right. And uh, Assad has to go. That's right. When did he say that? In 2014? 11, 11. 11, yeah. Well, see, it, he's still there. Yeah. So <laughs> no wonder they're they're getting upset. So that means that uh, in a good sense, it's, it it's, has failed, you know. Yes. But uh, it's still going on, and the think tanks aren't going to give up very easily. And uh, this this whole thing of the realignment, you know, with the Saudis and talking to the Syrians and all that, and, and maybe peace in Yemen, and I don't know what'll happen. But there's there is a definitely a realignment uh, coming on, at least out in the open. And uh, people say, why are they doing that? Why are they turning against us? And at the same time, they could read dozens of stories, or they could listen to us for dozens of months. Uh, you know, well, well, maybe maybe it has something to do with a flawed foreign policy. You know, this whole thing about just put they'll, they'll, we're kingpins, so we'll put sanctions on you if you don't behave. So. This, but, but this whole thing, you know, it even, you know, we blame uh, Obama, but, you know, it happened to be a, a Republican that said that, well, it's wonderful that uh, the eastern part of Syria, not a bad place to have yeah. uh, in, in, our, uh, in our portfolio, because I understand there's a little bit of oil over there. So uh, that, that, that's what's good. And I often remember back then there were some of the progressives who were a little noisier at the time and said, it's all about oil. And they said that all the way back to Iraq and then, and then certainly over Syria. It's, it's always about oil yeah. or so often anyway. Stealing it. Well, for the first time in 12 years, and this you can see that from that first clip, for the first time in 12 years, the foreign minister of Syria has gone to Saudi Arabia and met his counterparts over there. And they are very, very busy getting back together. I think Syria is going to be led back in the Arab League. Uh, it's being welcomed back into the fold. And not only is the U.S. government mad about this, because as you point out, this was, this was Obama's big deal. It's Arab Spring. We're going to get them all under our wing. Well, the other thing is, is interesting, is that the think tanks in D.C. are also furious. And put this next one on. This guy is notorious. Do the next one. Charles Lister is notorious. He's funded by the Gulf states that all signed on to this stupid war with Syria. They then put tons of money into his dopey think tank in D.C. So here's what he says. Appalling and desperately short-sighted, Saudi has welcomed Assad's foreign minister. Um, this isn't de-escalation. It's unconditional submission to a criminal regime, a narco state, an ally of Iran. And go to the next one, you'll see a little bit more about Charles Lister. This is a tweet. The truth about Charles Lister. Meet America's think tank fellows who support jihad. And you can actually go look this up and read about the fact that all of these guys are financed by the people who in the Middle East who stupidly went along with it. But thankfully, you know what, the prodigal son 
We're happy. They're coming back to peace. They don't want to have war in the area. But the other thing that struck me, Dr. Paul, is that this is a great concrete example of what we've said all along, which is that the military-industrial complex makes a fortune from our unbelievably huge military budget. They plow some of those profits into D.C. think tanks. All the PhDs in the D.C. think tanks then come up with policy papers arguing for more war. When you have those papers calling for more war, they use those to lobby Congress for more money to the military, and some of that goes to think tanks. Round and round we go. Our entire foreign policy is based on this corrupt relationship in D.C., and it's frustrating that more Americans don't see it. You know, there, there is a concern among some people that uh, they are going to be invited back into the Arab League. Yeah. And that uh, has some significance, symbolic of nothing else, but it's a big deal uh, with the symbolism because, uh, you know, in the last couple of months, the dollar has started, it has shifted gears. It was going up for a long time, and now it's going down. And, <clears throat> and some people believe that uh, the, the transition has already started, you know, leaving the dollar. And this kind of stuff uh, does it because you see China, Saudi Arabia, Iran, and, you know, and Russia, uh, you know, coming together. And before you know it, and they're they're testing the waters already because they do make trades outside the dollar, and uh, that that is an indication of what is coming. And the, if you look at the markets, the mar markets are are pretty shaky, especially the uh, the currency markets on exactly which way they go. But bringing them back. You know, Arab League, you know, if we had a free society and we influence the world with the type of a republic that we should be, who would care if it was an Arab League? Yeah. Maybe it would be an economic Arab League, you know, and maybe maybe that's their biggest, you know, motivation right now. Yeah. I don't think they're, they're doing this with the idea that they're going to suddenly march into another country and no. take over in another country to make sure they join the Arab League. Yeah, yeah. So. But I just want to, before we do our last story, I just want to talk again about our other sponsor for the month, and that's 4Patriots.com. Uh, for the third time, a, a, uh, a power grid problem happened in, South, in North Carolina. It was damaged by gunfire in January. The third time it was damaged, um, the, identified, the U.S. government has identified some key substations that if they go down, the power could be knocked out for up to 18 months. The folks at 4Patriots.com have a good solution if you're worried about this possibility happening, and that is a solar-powered generator that goes with you where you go. Uh, this can power your refrigerator, keep your food fresh, your medical devices, keep your phones up and running so you can communicate with people in a crisis, in a disaster, whether it's a power grid failure or just simply a bad storm. So go to 4Patriots.com, the link is below, enter RON as your code to get a 10% discount on not only this great solar power generator, but plenty of other stuff. We talked about food last month, plenty of other great stuff. It's an American company. Some of the profits do go to help veterans and veterans' causes. They have a great guarantee. So go to 4Patriots.com, enter RON for 10% discount, and of course, free shipping on all orders, $97 and above. Let's move on to our last story, Dr. Paul, because now I pay a lot of attention to Hungary. I've lived there, and I know a little bit about it. But this really, this really blew my top because it's <laughs> just crazy. Put this next one on if you can. The in U.S., as we know, there are sanctions happy. They'll put sanctions on anything that moves. But I didn't think I would see the day where they actually put sanctions on our NATO ally, Hungary. Uh, and this happened yesterday. Sanctions against Budapest-based bank 
and executives. Now, this is from the European Conservative magazine, which I do recommend people have a look at. It's a good magazine. So yesterday, the ambassador, David Pressman, who is a really bad guy, he went to, he went to Hungary as the ambassador, took his husband and their kids, moved into Szabad Shakhtar, uh, and began harassing the elected, democratically elected Hungarian government from the moment his feet hit the ground, put on this next, and you wouldn't believe what, the, what he's doing. This is the U.S. ambassador to Hungary. Look at this next clip, what he's doing, David Pressman. This is outrageous. U.S. ambassador to Hungary, David Pressman, who is currently spearheading a hard diplomatic offensive against Hungary with a nationwide billboard campaign <coughs> meant to undermine the government. So a U.S. ambassador who's supposed to be a diplomat goes to Hungary and pays with our tax dollars for billboards throughout the country trying to undermine and ultimately overthrow the government that he's in. It's absolutely outrageous. I mean, to be honest, I would say persona non grata. You're out of here. Take your husband, your kids, and get well, out of here. You know, we're sick of you. I'm looking for, forward to the unintended consequence of this. This is not going to work out smoothly. And uh, it may be a blessing in disguise because I would think this weakens NATO. I mean, who, why should they trust NATO? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, so uh, th this may work better for us. And then uh, Hungary, maybe I'd like to see them just become more independent and working with anybody they can. But uh, for, the, for the time being, if we're going to punish them and they're our friend and they're our military ally. Yeah. I mean, so somebody has to wake up and say, this doesn't make any sense. It's sort of like uh, uh, Kiev uh, taking our money and buying oil from Russia. <laughs> yeah. We're at war with Russia. I mean, it just makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, America freaked out for four years on the lie that Russia had something to do with, uh, you know, our elections and our government. Here we are openly doing what Russia was accused of doing and nobody bats an eye. Hey. We're exceptional. We can do whatever we want. You know, well, you, no know you know my opinion about lying. It's, it's uh, incestuous and there's there's no consequence and yeah. there is no such a thing of lying for some people. Yeah. It, it's irrelevant. Yeah. But I don't think that's the way the world works. And I think the world works more with uh, trust and, and other things that bring, bring people together. And this whole thing is about the bank. There's a bank that was created way back during the Warsaw Pact. It operates in Budapest. It was to facilitate trade within the Warsaw Pact, and that's what it does. And so the U.S. is trying to find things to sanction. Oh, there's a bank in Hungary that has Russians working in it? Okay, you're sanctioned. <laughs> Anyone that works for it. So this Imre Laszlotsky uh, is a Hungarian national who is an official at the bank. Now, he's been personally sanctioned by the U.S. government because he just happens to be working in this bank. So they're looking for any excuse to A, attack Hungary, and B, to not let a single bit of trade, unless it's black market trade, as you point out, with Russian diesel, that's okay. 10% for the big guy, you know, that's, that's fine. But I'm gonna close out if okay. we're ready, um, and I do wanna make one announcement, and I'm really excited about this. I'm gonna announce the first speaker for our June 3rd, I said January yesterday, I know what's wrong with me, our June 3rd conference in Houston. Now, if you watch this show, if you've watched during COVID, this person is someone who is very familiar to you because we talked about him all the time because he did excellent, superb work on exposing the lies of COVID. And put up that next clip. You'll notice if you watch our show, we talked about the dossier many times. The dossier is a substack written by Jordan Schachtel, who's an investigative reporter. I think he's based in DC or he's actually down in Florida now. Jordan is gonna join us for the first time at an RPI conference and I'm very excited our conference is about lies and nihilism. 
he is going to deliver up a delicious speech about <laughs> lies and nihilism. Put on that next clip. Here is the uh, logo for our conference this June 3rd in Houston, Texas. If you go, you'll find a link in the description of this show where you can get your tickets. Come listen to what Jordan has to say. Hey, if you want to have lunch with Jordan, join us as a host committee member. There will be uh, in the link, if you click to it, there'll be information on how you can become a host committee member and have lunch with Ron Paul and Jordan Schachtel. Not a bad way to spend your afternoon. But whatever the case, come join us on June 3rd. Dr. Very Paul? good. And I'm going to follow up a little bit on, on Hungary. And uh, thank goodness we have you around because you are the expert <laughs> on Hungary. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, when I was in the Air Force, I went to a lot of places. And sometimes it was irrelevant. But, but sometimes there was a memory brought, brought back, an uh, incident that refreshes our memory. So the experience there has to be of some of value to all of us. The, uh, this, this, this whole thing about, uh, you know, sanctioning a bank in Hungary, it, you know, how, how ridiculous it is. Be, but if, if you look at the goals, you know, some of the things that we do under COVID and, and doing lockdown and everything makes no sense. The only way I came around <laughs> saying that it did make sense was it was chaotic creating. And uh, who wants to create chaos? Well, the, the, the Marxists... And authoritarians like chaos because they think they're going to pick up the pieces and run the show. So this is um, this is what they they want to do. But uh, this whole idea that uh, all of a sudden, you know, there's a Russian bank in Hungary, and I don't think Russia was and, and, and Hungary's part of NATO. I don't think Russia was ready to move tanks into Hungary, so there there was no threat. But what they did, and I think the thing's going to backfire on them, and, uh, and, and it, but then we put on the sanctions, and it is exactly the opposite of good economic advice, and if you're interested in freedom, and it is trade with people, honest trade, honest currency. That is so beneficial to bringing about peace. But no, this is moving in the wrong direction. They're canceling the trade. So if, if the Hungarians can get along with the Russians, why can't we get along with the Russians? Oh, we tried that, but then, then all kinds of nonsense broke out. But uh, if, if we're for peace, I do believe that the founders are on the right track, that they believe that trade was a good issue. Not, never perfect, but I'll tell you what, what we're doing now is you know, the purposely de de destroying, you know, the marketplace and the value of the dollar and all these things, that can't be beneficial because it's going to lead to problems. And I've already, there's way too many predictions uh, because I sometimes worry about it too. Oh, we're on the verge of World War Three. Well, I don't think we're on the verge next week of World War Three, but we're at war with ourselves. <laughs> all of what we do to us to undermine our freedoms because uh, that, that to me, is the most important thing because if we have our freedom if we have just our first amendment rights and they're guaranteed at least we could have a better full discussion and not be canceled and all the other things and not be punished but we can get more exposure and that of course is what we hope to do with this program is expose to, to the people how valuable it is uh, uh, the value of non-intervention in the sound currency for the peace and prosperity that is what we need I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Come back soon.